Peace and love, everyone. This is Ross Ben coming with episode 9.5 of Mystics from the 40th Parallel. Because after episode 9, yo, man, I was so, uh, my mind couldn't stop reflecting on it. And right, I gave Mike some immediate feedback about my thoughts on Queen Esther. But when I thought about it, I was like, man, Queen Esther might be the key to several mysteries that have crossed our journey, you know, as we, we explore in the mysteries of the 40th parallel. One, Queen Esther may be the new queen of Pennsylvania and the nation's necrogeomancy. We'll talk about what that means. Queen Esther may be tied in with the Chautauqua movement somehow, because that Chautauqua movement, which seems to be what we would say the Rosicrucian Invisible College manifested as in the uh, you know early development of the country. And that, you know, Chautauqua was an Iroquois term. It's it's its roots lay in that land up in New York, that Finger Lakes region. So that's something else, you know, we need to penetrate. And I I also think Queen Esther and that bloody rock ritual, I'm not gonna call it a massacre, I think it was a ritual, maybe tied in with baseball and the the ritual of you know knocking knocking a home run out the park so i want i, I asked mike hey mike let's come together and do a 9.5 man and i really appreciate that he's uh giving up some time on on his you know valuable saturn's day right to uh chop it up with me on this what's your thoughts mike so i i think you're 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 um you're opening up a lot of 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 doors which which i've looked at before but not necessarily gone so far deep down and i think that's one of the real values of these conversations is because like when I do my research on my own, when you do your research on your own and so forth, it's like, you know, you, sometimes you don't wanna go, you don't go down certain uh, certain pathways, but when someone else sees the same thing, they're like, hey, maybe we should explore that. Like, you know, there's that confirmation. And so everything which you're hitting at is, is uh, it, it, it complements deeply some of the thoughts which which I have had in the past. So I want to pull up like maybe some of the some of the old slides which I have looked like I put out in place years ago, and you know looking at it with this new light with where you're going to go. But but uh, I want to step back for a moment and, and and allow you to continue down where you're going with this this uh, the setup of this conversation. All right, I am going to revisit presentation that we shared episode nine to talk about the new queen. So remember, we, we decoded the queen goddess Winona statue. 
at Eakins Oval. It's really technically is the George Washington equestrian statue. And this is the queen that holds the greatest, the keys to the greatest mystery of Philadelphia, Lenape Hoken, that it was a part of a transatlantic empire embodied by the trident. And she held a cornucopia overflowing, representing this abundance of the land. And on the inverse side, you got this new queen who, if I could decode it properly, Columbia, the new queen, the goddess of war and war memorial, war memorialization, which those that are familiar with my Free Your Mound and Your Mind Will Follow book and works, this is like necrogeomancy. This is occupying mounds. This is taking a, a mound that may have been an indigenous burial ground for thousands of years, spilling blood of your uh, patriotic line into that mound and then building a war memorial on top of that mound to necrogeomantically occupy and take control of that mound. So this queen, this new queen, Columbia, she embodies that. In one hand, she has two flagpoles, which means A, I'm, I'm, I'm planting several flagpoles, I'm making many memorials. She's flanked by the dead, burying the dead. Uh, a dying man with a soul, uh, with a uh, rifle, and then on this side, a dead man with a shovel. Something else I wanna point out that she, another uh, significant clue that she's about sacrifice. She holds the sword by the blade, which means, you know, she's shedding her own blood. She's not holding the sword by the handle. If you hold the sword by the blade, you're gonna cut your own hand, you know? So her blood, this is all about, again, shedding this blood of what we would call US compatriots into the mounds to occupy the mounds. So when we reflect on the story you shared of Queen Esther, man, it sounds like that's exactly what she did at, at uh, Queen Esther's Bloody Rock. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, she, well, someone, right, it's attributed to her. But someone sacrificed, what was it, 14 soldiers? I've read a couple different numbers, but anywhere from 14 to 30. 14 to 30, okay. Uh, 14 soldiers on this rock with a mallet busting their head open. And that's where the baseball symbolism may come in. Oh, and before I go there, though, you said this, this uh, ritual occurred both along the Susquehanna right as well as by spanish rock spanish hill right and was it's, I it's down that? river like that that's all queen queen esther's territory is all like... queen. so there is a mound and the susquehanna connected to the ritual without a doubt like uh in a the the mound of spanish hill like i don't we don't even know what that is like i've not seen it with my own eyes and the pictures i see of it 
Um, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But like by the readings, which are by reading what has been written about it, like obviously I think something is being missed with my own eyes. Like it's something mm. you got to see it to really appreciate it because both geologists, historians, like e everyone recognizes like there's something up with that mound. Wow. When I was doing my research for Free Your Mound and Your Mind Will Follow, that particular mound, lore of it did come up in terms of Pennsylvania mounds. Spanish Hill? Spanish Hill, yeah. This guy who did a survey of the mounds throughout the country, his name is escaping me, but he dedicated uh, several chapters to Spanish Hill. Wow. For some reason, I'm gonna follow up with him. I have, you know, I'm gonna get that receipt. And next time, you know, we talk about this. And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about it. In the fact that like, you know, there are all these clues, like if that got several chapters in like a book about that chapters, I'm sorry, paragraphs. Paragraphs, like we see, it's like, it's constantly being mentioned, but like, it's kind of in the background. And I'm like, there's something like, there's something more there. There's definitely Absolutely. some, like, it's a very significant uh, site. Absolutely. But uh, I wanted to bring that up in the context of the next thing I think is connected with Queen Esther, and this may be baseball. That baseball may be as a game designed to ritualistically reenact this Queen Esther's bloody rock ritual because it involves uh, a, a, a ball or a head being hit on top of a, a squared rock, which kind of corresponds to a diamond, right? A baseball diamond. The head could correspond to the, to the baseball and the mallet that she used correspond to the baseball bat. And how America, how baseball is America's pastime, and right, it's ritualistically tied to the Susquehanna with the Baseball Hall of Fame being there. It's just, it, it made me ponder, you know. Uh, so I, I wanted to throw those things out there, man. Get your thoughts on it. All right, all right, all right. I wanna, I wanna throw some. Um... A uh, little bit more information. Can you give me screen share? Sure, really? Yeah, I'm gonna take mine off. All right. And I think I need and I need permission. All right. And that would be and uh there we go. All right, all right. So where to begin? I wanna well uh, first I'm gonna just go and and this, like as you said, this is what popped uh in my mind is so there was um just thrown out there. So uh, there was a movie, 1992, about um, the the girls' professional baseball league. And the reason I want to point that out is like you know who was one of the stars in that, but but Madonna. And we mm. talk about Madonna specifically as Queen Esther. So you know, in the synchromistic aspect of 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 popular culture, we we see like you know in the in the in the film industry, yes. So there there is that link, but. Uh, now I want to go back to some of this stuff. So um, a lot of my my research, I did a whole a whole thing just about like you know goddess symbology with with the Susquehanna River. But you know we could we can swap out the word goddess for queen. 
You know, I, I was looking at it from that perspective. I think it's kind of interchangeable. Absolutely. Um, and one of the bit, and it all begins with this John Smith map of Virginia. And this character right here, in my opinion, is like, this is what this is primarily about. Why do I say that? Because if this is a map, you know, this is all like very, very dense to look at all of this detail, even this image right here. But this is, there's nothing kind of in the backdrop. Like it's very clear that this is where the eye is to go. And this is a Susquehannock warrior. And it says beneath uh, the feet. And I mentioned this in our, our conversation, the Susquehannocks are a giant like people. So the first thing I'll just point out is um, like, this is a, <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> this is a common baseball position, right? We've Absolutely. got this, you know, we've got the leaning on the, we've got the leaning on the, on the bat. And um, we're going to go back and look at this where, where the Susquehannock warrior, where this image comes from, it comes from, um, you know, this image is the map of Virginia, which was published in 1612, which, uh, you know, I can't say with 100% certainty, but I think it's a very, very uh, um, solid conclusion is, is Francis Bacon's the guy who's behind this. Uh, the final touches upon this move, uh, it came through London, it came through the, the Virginia Company of London in which um, uh, Bacon was the chief on their executive council and it was published like one year after Bacon released the King James Bible. So like after the King James Bible, he put his hands on this map and all the steganography, which is in there. But let's go back to where, where, the, where this image begins. The, this image is quite evident, the, um, the third iteration of this original image which comes from John White in 1585. And so this is the lost colony of Roanoke. This is Mateo, I believe is who this is. And Mateo was, uh, I don't know if he was a chieftain or not. I think he was, but of the people that were living in what we now think of as the outer banks of North Carolina, which is where Roanoke Island is said to have been. So we get this image and he was uh, also supposedly baptized. So these guys come in from, from, uh, from England and they go and they baptize this guy. That's the story. He's the first guy who was baptized and given like an English name uh, with this next advent of, of uh, uh, the, or the beginning of the colonies in um, the latest iteration within North America. And so then the image was, was slightly altered a bit for this, top, this Theodore de Bry. Um, and you can kind of go and see where it goes from. Both of these guys can be tied directly to Rosicrucianism and John Dee. Like, you know, there's a very strong lineage. So then here's the third iteration. So we can see kind of where it comes from. And so the point I want to make right now are the changes. Like, you know, look at how this has been changed. And so we can see it a little bit more so right here. This was the original face. And then this is the second face. We see the hair is up, the hair is up, all of these sort of things. And then we have the third, the third face, which suddenly, in my opinion, this becomes much, much more, um, at least in the face, like it becomes more feminized. And, and you know, I'm not saying this is exactly one and the same, but it's certainly similar to the way um, uh, Venus is, is shown in this Botticelli, this famous Botticelli um, 
uh, painting. But if there's like really any sort of, uh, so that, so you've got the expression right there, but then the second aspect is the hair. The hair was up in both of these in these images, but in the third one, in the in the picture, in the image of the Susquehannock, which is um, probably the best known, these two images are lesser known. We see we see it with flowing hair. So the flowing hair was given again like this, um, which which to me really supports this idea of this warrior which we see right here we see the warriors also dressed in masonic attire um is is it's it's a female it's it's you know it's it's, it's a she uh but it's it's you know it's whether or not it's a trans person or whether it's like a a a a um a encrypted version of a female nonetheless you know we see that and to kind of support this idea, which I'm putting out, is the very first um, minted coin done in the colonies is called the flowing hair dollar. And this here is of, of Liberty, you know, of Columba, Columbia. And it is her without her Phrygian cap, without her triangular cap on, and she has her hair flowing down. And so we know that this idea of, uh, particularly from a Masonic perspective, because this was done by, I forget the guy who did it, Robert Scott, you know, he was a very, very prominent Freemason. He was, he was the designer of this, that flowing hair, the goddess Liberty, the goddess Columbia, is um, tied into um, is tied into flowing hair. So now, when we go back and we look at this, this came out in 1794. This is six, 1612. So this is 178 years before whatever the math would be. And we can see there is a continuity. We see a continuity. I'll say what a couple last things which are of interest. Like you know, we know that this is a wolf head which is hanging from the neck which has multiple uh, implications, one of which is, you know, the wolf head goes back to the, uh, the cult of Isis. Um, and then uh, lastly is like right at the 40th parallel is where we find, and you and I went there, you know, we drove through this. If you remember that bridge, which we drove across, we drove across the Columbia Bridge. And so we have Columbia right there. Here we have Columbia um, with her Phrygian cap. We have Marianne with her, who is the French goddess of liberty, right around the same time as the, you know, the French Revolution as the, as the, um, as the American Revolution. Same characters are involved with instigating both. And I've always found this rather interesting is like just north of Colombia is where we find Marietta. So we got Marianne and we've got uh, Colombia all right there. I could keep on going with this, but I'm going to pause for right now and give you an opportunity to kind of reflect back on some of the points which which I just brought up uh, so forth. Well, I'm curious as to what you think about the baseball connection. So the, 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 the baseball connection on uh, has always been like kind of like a, um, for me, like it's it's been mysterious. It's it's undoubtedly um tied into the susquehanna river and we get the name the susquehanna from that john smith map like mm -hmm. that is when the river you know prior to that there were many many names for the river and then that river um this is the document which says no this is what we're all going to agree to call upon so it comes through the 
through the um, John Smith hand. So, um, so the Susquehanna River, it has those those two elements uh, with tied to baseball, one at the source location, right next to something which is known as Council Rock. Council Rock is located right where the, the river or the, the lake, which then becomes the river is found. And Council Rock is uh, rather significant uh, within the Iroquois Confederacy. Um, so we've got we we've got that, and we and if you go and you look at the family who is responsible for the um, through through establishing the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, is a very very uh, one. It was a, a very wealthy family, but also a very cryptic family. Um, the, um, what are what's their last name? Clark, I believe, is the last name. C L C L A R K E. Same family, which is behind the Dakota apartment building. This is two generations earlier. The Dakota uh, building being where Rosemary's Baby was filmed, where John Lennon was assassinated. Like you know, we're seeing like uh, a family lineage of um, of like buildings being ritual sites, if you will. Even like you know, uh, uh, um, destructive type of, of magic sort of ritual. So we see that in the, and throughout Cooperstown, there are a couple other things. I, I don't want to go down that right now, which also support that. But then also in the West Branch, the river is where we find the, um, is where we find- um, The Little League. Is Little League. And baseball and Little League, they're all about sacrifice. So going to your point with like, you know, holding the blade by the hand and the sacrifice that comes within it. Baseball is a very unique game in the fact that sacrifice is part of it. Like, you know, I'm going to sacrifice right, my head, sacrifice right, right, fly. Right, 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 uh, right. And so that 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 is like built into the symbology. Um, the last connection, which which I want to bring into baseball, which really, really supports uh, where you're going with this, is the, you know, the the mainstream logic for Cooperstown being the home oh, of baseball come right. from Abner Doubleday. Mm -hmm. And Abner Doubleday became one, he was the president of the, the, the US Theosophical Society. But yeah. prior to that, he was like the um he was the the unsung hero of Gettysburg. And so okay. if we look at Gettysburg as being one of these ritual like uh, soaking the soaking the earth like this whole area with with the blood like you know we have that tie-in as well and I talked about this a little bit on um, uh, a couple episodes ago like just the line of Gettysburg to some other like really kind of um, uh, uh, like human sacrifice sort of things that we're finding or in really like central Pennsylvania, you know, not necessarily known outside of Pen central Pennsylvania, but, but all of the same sort of motifs keep coming up, which is sacrifice and blood and then baseball. And like, uh, one of the things, you know, I'll, 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 I'll this is one of the, um, the storylines which is put out as it relates to baseball is baseball was became popular right at the end of the civil war 
And if you look at all of the original owners of the original major league baseball teams, they were often like uh, generals or officers within the war. So one of the, the one of the thoughts has been um, put out there is like, you know, after the nation went through the, 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 the physical and the psychological trauma of like an actual battle and bloodshed that, hey, we can go and, and, and play this game, you know, this is this is part of the mystic of games you know whether it's like the aztec ball game or the ball games which were played out in 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 the levant um is like you know the the battle it, which we see on the on the diamond or the court or whatever we want to call it is a a softer symbol of the actual battle which happens but they're undoubtedly connected because they're all the generals they're all like you know and so maybe that's cyclical is like we take away the 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 big battle which has already happened which we've already like spilled blood throughout you know antietam and and bull run and and, and Gettysburg, and now we're like linking it within uh, uh, with by name and by people and by activity right on this ancient river, and then it ties right back into what you're saying is like you know the the bashing in of the brains of the colonists or you know the, the people who are who are the sacrificial the sacrificial people right on the Susquehanna right in Wilkesbury right in you know the Scranton area that whole section this is like uh central Pennsylvania is like uh, uh, uh like out in the woods to begin with Pennsylvania sort of thing to begin with and then the western branch like really the area where we find from um Spanish Hill all the way down to let's say to Wilkesbury like that's of the most uh uh remote the, the most remote of an already remote sort of area so uh the the baseball thing makes a lot of sense and it's it's and you can look at it from all these different ways too like you know is it the softer version of like the ritual and it's like well if you're gonna have a ritual at least we're not killing people and we're just doing it symbolically or maybe you know this holds this holds it down it holds it in, it in place rounds it that's what i it's see every that. fanatic cheer yeah, 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 exactly. And, and that's the thing. I'll say this one last thing about baseball. So on the there, there are three main parts. Let me go back to this. So there are main, three main, uh, three main, where's my Susquehanna River map? All right. So here's the Susquehanna River, right? Right here's Cooperstown. Right here is Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. So this is the Groundhog's Day. Is right. Groundhog's Day. And then right here is, well, this is Jamestown, but big, what this is, probably right now in modern times is best um, energetically, uh, uh, you know, just in regular world, what the, the biggest industry right here is, um, this is NATO headquarters or, or the NATO headquarters of the Eastern United States. NATO, which is also known as OTAN, so we're dealing with like, you know, Sc Scandinavian type of symbology is OTAN is Odin, right. um, is headquartered in Brussels. But then in the United States, because NATO stands for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, this is the this is the NATO headquarters and, and San, San Diego is like the other NATO in, in, in the United States. But what I, where I want to go with all of this is each one of these points has an annual celebration, secular celebration. 
we have the Groundhog's Day celebration where the guys right. are dressed in their like uh, uh, master mason attire. And that always happens on February 2nd, the midpoint between the winter solstice and the and the, equ the spring equinox. This is always yeah. on, um, on uh, uh, I can't think of the traditional name for it off the top of my head right now. It's escaping me. Um, but this is an ancient holiday is the midpoint. Uh, NATO has their annual NATO Day celebration, which is always the weekend closest to May 1st. So it's a May Day celebration, which is the midpoint between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. And then Baseball Hall of Fame, they have their annual baseball um, uh, induction ceremony where like that's their busiest time of the year where baseball fans throughout throughout the United States make a pilgrimage up to Cooperstown to celebrate the latest inductions into this Hall of Fame, which feels very, very like uh, ascended masters to me. And this always happens on the first weekend or the closest, you know, Saturday to the, uh, the first of August, or let's just say August 2nd, because August 2nd is another one of these sacred dates, the midpoint between the, the summer solstice uh, the summer solstice and the autumnal equinox. Wow. So we have at each one of these three points, we have a secular celebration where all these people are coming and filling in with energy and always in kind of like fun, joyful ways. You know, it's like this May Day celebration, though it's, you know, it's a war based sort of thing. You got the you've got like the 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 Groundhog's Day, which is fun, but it still has like very, very strong, like Masonic undertones. And then we've got like the Baseball Hall of Fame. And we've just talked about like, you know, what could baseball be? And so uh, going back to your point of like the grounding, the continuous grounding of the uh, of the the holding in of um, of this energy here. Um, I've got a slide. I don't have it up here, but it, I called it a 400-year ritual, and that and these and beginning with the establishment of Jamestown and the conclusion on 400 years to the day of the opening of High Point Scenic Vista, the place we went, which is right on the river at the 40th parallel with the sun and the moon and all of that. That right. marks this 400-year ritual. 400 is a cycle from a Kabbalistic perspective. 400 breaths, 400 days, 400 years uh and what we're seeing is throughout that time period and, and this is my sense this is mike's personal opinion is that whatever a river may be whatever a river rep uh, actually is and you know i've got ideas but i don't know for certain but i certainly think that the natural world is much much different than what 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 we understand it to be is that this whatever this was and my sense is you know a goddess is a very very fair symbol of what a river truly is is there is a um, there had been a, you know, we're, we're, we're encapsulating, we're holding down this river uh, with this particular, for what it would be without any sort of like uh, ball worship done upon it. Like, you know, this is what, this is what its true nature is. And we're forcing, and this is where all the Enochian magic comes in. We're forcing it to go against its will because we have the keys of the Enochian river. And so tying that all back to your point is like, you know, this, this Queen Esther, um symbol of of like you know this is now the new symbol of whatever this may have been whatever this actual body of water whatever this actual 
uh, river is, is it has been supposed or pre uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's been transferred over through this ritual tied in with blood, tied in with power, tied in with all of these different sort of um, behind the scenes uh, trickery. Hmm. Very interesting, man. So another question I had kind of related to uh, Queen Esther and, and this whole idea of her being this, the, the new queen that they've, you know, built consent, basically, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. you, you say, well, why, 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 why go through all of this? What's the point? You know, providence, you know, uh, even nature having to honor and recognize uh, and give consent to, you know, their will more or less, right? Uh, I followed up trying to research the Montour family, right? And and I will say like a, a, a Anna, anagram of their name is definitely R Mount, right? Montour R Mount. But I saw what you're saying, like to try to get a clear idea of the lineage, who did what, very confusing. It was also very confusing to me that Esther had three husbands, all of whom were indigenous chiefs of different clans, two of them dying, very odd. But then the last one was a Muncie Lenape chief who I think died and she actually became the new queen of the Muncie Lenape. Am I correct with that? Wow. Am I correct? It, I, I was trying to get clarity, but is that the right interpretation of her life? Uh, I mean, you, you hit on the thing which I was asking, like, why are these women mad? Like, you know, there's, 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 there's a piece to the puzzle which is unknown. And that piece is like, why, what is about this particular female lineage, which is why I like tied it into like the Schuyler sisters. I'm like, who are these Schuyler sisters who are so, you know, this, this uh, uh, told in our history, but it's the same idea of like these Montour sisters, like what, what is it that they bring that is making them like, these are, these are the, the wives of the chiefs. You know, why, why, why is that? And I don't have an answer, but then what you're saying, and I don't think I, I, I came to the conclusion, but it's, it's, it's fascinating for two reasons. One, in context for where, where the story begins in Philadelphia for everything we know of Queen Winona, and then like, you know, tying that in, but uh, so it, it, it's very complimentary, but I want to go back to our conversation with Hood Mystic, because that uh, on another show, and I, I think I talked about this a little bit with you once, is how that led into Muncie, uh, to Muncie, uh, Indiana. Is it Muncie, Indiana? I think it is. And I, I talked about that on another show. And Muncie, Indiana having all sorts of strange like uh, Rockefeller connotations. And, and it was a, 
with, with this big sociological study, which was done in the 1920s, but that's named after, that's a name place named after the Delaware, uh, the, the Muncie clan of the Delaware of the Lenape, as this is where they settled. And what's even more interesting, or, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like going off my head right now with like, they originally called Muncie, they called it, um, uh, I think, Devil's Land or something like that. And the reason why they said that is because there was so much natural gas uh, when the settlers first arrived that like, you know, fires would come out from underneath the, uh, um, would come out from underneath the, um, the earth or it could be lit. So there was that. We know that the most significant battle or one of the most uh, tragic, if you want to use that words, battle sites within Gettysburg is known as the Devil's Den. And then going back to the, the High Point Scenic Vista, that is located in a, in a place called Hellum. Uh, known for the Hellum Hills. And Hellum got its original name because they called it hell. They said mm -hmm. that it had this sulfur, this sulfur aroma and like they thought it was hell. And, and there's a local um, lore within York County, Pennsylvania, which is where all of this is of, and I want to say this is in like the early 1900s, there was a fire at a mental institution, which was right in the Hellum Hills, right in this hell, where um, they kept the doors locked when this fire broke out to allow, like, because they didn't want the inmates getting out. And so they were all burned alive in hell. And then the ones that did escape, like all of the local townspeople, like tracked them down and killed them. You know, the, the story being is like, because these guys are nuts. And so like, we don't want the nuts guys running around our neighborhood. So we're going to go and we're going to go and kill them. But nonetheless, we keep on having this kind of symbology of like, you know, hell and devils and like, you know, all of this kind of underworld uh, sort of thing. And it keeps popping right back up. Hmm. Man. I, I just I just want to say too, just on this is it's related but kind of just a tangent that I'm I'm kind of amazed and in wonderment how the research that we do, you know, because really we do have to tell the people it's not like I call you up and say yeah Mike this is what I'm going to present on I'm going to cover A B C why don't you do one, two, three? It's not like that. It's like, I'm inspired to do some research. You're inspired to do some research. We might have a general topic. Like we say, hey, let's focus on the Queens. You know, I think that's what we did this last go round. But then the synchronicities and the alignment, man, it's just blowing me away. And I use the, I'm gonna use the, what were those rocks we went to? Uh, the Conowago Falls. Conowago Falls man, how you take me to Conowago Falls, and then I'm researching East Falls here in Philadelphia and find these parallels. But how we, all we said was we're gonna research the Queens. And it seems like both of our efforts ended up covering the, you know, the two Queens on that significant statue, Winona on one side, the new Queen on the other. And I should point out that that right that East Falls. Remember, we say a big key to that area being like, hey, this is where in the Indian Queen was. 
is the fact that there are these three streets, Queen Lane, Indian Queen Lane, and the new Queen Street. <clears throat> and from my research, I had identified a new queen, but it didn't have like a chronological continuity, just geographic and that being that uh, East Falls is where Grace Kelly is from. Mm -hmm. Okay, I may have meant I might have talked right, to you. you this. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, that was and, uh, and I think these are gonna and where you're gonna I'm gonna respond to what you're gonna say, but I, it's gonna be again, very, very complimentary. That uh, yeah, Grace Kelly being uh, the one person born in the United States that you could say has, you know, official, official, like, uh, you know, uh, a noble bloodline, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that making her the new queen and she coming from East Falls. But I think you've, well, we like doing this synergistic research, we may have identified the chronological new queen, like the one in their mind, hey, we're going to take out the old queen because she's not granting us the land that we want. And we're going to appoint this new queen because somehow she is facilitating us getting hold of the land. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um two things. So Conowango Falls, Conowango Falls. Um, and you're, you're like, uh, oh, before I get into that, I remember when I first started doing this research five, six years ago, and when I was like first getting into it, um, and just kind of keeping it to myself is the first time I came across your work. And the first thing I came across your work was a YouTube video from the uh, free was it was it free your mind is that was that that was the, the free your mind conference yeah. yeah and watching and listening to you I can remember this I can remember this very very clearly like I was in my apartment in Marietta you know I showed you this town Marietta as I was living in Marietta at the time and I'm listening to that I was working on some art and everything which you were saying was so complimentary to what I was what I was researching what I was uncovering and I was like I know that this is parallel I know that this was paralleled. And so uh, that was very, very, um, that was very confirming to me to keep on going down the lines. And I knew that at some point, like our paths would cross. And then secondly, like, like listening to your other, um, some of your other presentations prior to us um, connecting, I kept on noticing like, you know, the areas which you would touch upon, you touched upon, um, uh Benjamin Banneker and you talked about Ellicott Mills and I'm like you know that's why that's where I grew up you know I went to high school in Ellicott City I went wow. on what I which was on 108 you know and which is funny so you lived in you grew up in the District of Columbia I grew up in Columbia Maryland all right so it's like you know District of Columbia is probably best known if for any sort of school was Howard University. I went to Howard High School. So it's like, and then where I went to college was in Richmond, Virginia. And like you did all of the Richmond sort of stuff. So I'm like, you know, seeing these parallels in these, you know, this sort of stuff. So that being said, so like always like, you know, there is something like whatever that is, like you and I are tacked into, I believe, like, uh, you know, how, however people- Similar 
Yeah, we're tapped into this story from different perspectives, but from them we're getting, we each get a more whole perspective of what this viewpoint is. But now I wanna go back to Conowingo Falls. So Conowingo Falls, if you recall, is when we were there, I, I pointed out we're like two miles away from Three Mile Island. Three Mile Island is quite literally, quite literally located, um, it's located in the Susquehanna River. Like that is, let me, where, where are my slides here? So uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna show you this real quick. Remind me to come back to that. So um, there's a very big correspondence between the Susquehanna and this river, the Seine that goes through Paris. And Paris means for ISIS, that's what Paris is all about. Um, and uh, the, the, one of the big reasons why is because the Seine was originally called the Sequana. So it's called the Sequana. Here's Sequana right here, the goddess Sequana, the Seine and all this sort of stuff. And then this is uh, Statue of Liberty in the Seine right here. And then this is the Statue of Liberty in the Susquehanna right at, at um, in Harrisburg, like, you know, in all this sort of place. So like, you've got all this sort of stuff that's fascinating. But let's go to Three Mile Island. We're going to go to Three Mile Island, um, which is located in the Susquehanna River. Um, TMI, as it's known, it sounds, it sounds phonetically, you know, of the Phoenicians, it sounds like Tiamat, Tiamat, Tiamat. Like it's not exactly the same, but like as you brought up in our last episode in 9.0 is like Queen Esther is a retelling of the Tiamat and Marmaduke story, Esther and Mordecai and Tiamat and, and, uh, and Marduk. And so we've got TMI, which happens here. And TMI is filled with all sorts of weird stuff. Like the, whole, the, the strangest thing is the fact that uh, two weeks before the TMI incident, the movie, The China Syndrome was, re was released, which was all about like a nuclear meltdown. And it talks right. about Pennsylvania. So you got all of that. Um, but but the, the, the Tiamat story has like, you know, it's similar to like what, like a nuclear meltdown, specifically in the fact that Tiamat turns the blood of it, of her enemies to poison. Um, and, and so that was like the supposed effects of the Three Mile Island incident, which to me was another ritual. Like, you know, I don't know this for certain, but it seemingly makes sense to me. And there's a lot of research to suggest this is true, is that nothing ever happened at 3MI. Like it was like a, like, it was like a made up story, like, but wow. we propagated, like there was no like actual like release of anything, but uh, nonetheless, it was a huge, huge story, which got, which then grounded in the story of TMI, Tiamat, into the river again, and this one was in 1979. Uh, and interestingly enough, the burning of the the um, Notre Dame Cathedral, which is a cathedral to ISIS, which is on an island in the Sequana, it happened on the 40th anniversary of TMI. Hmm. Man. And when you go and you see like these rituals and it's like, you know, this like, you know, and it's the goddess and the queen and all this sort of stuff. And it's, it's like, it's very, <laughs> it's consistent and complex and confusing. That's kind of the best I got for it. Yeah. And you got me in a weird position, man. Cause 
I'm feeling like, yo, I gotta go, I gotta go find and watch Frozen. <laughs> Frozen 2, Frozen 2. Frozen 2, right, you know, I can't remember the last Dizzy film I've watched, but uh, yo. When, when you see that, like, uh, so why did I see it? I look at my own, like my natural life as the compass for my, like, for the, for the mystical investigations. Like, I don't look for anything other than what presents itself on my front porch. And why do I say that? It's because at the end of the day, I'm a little bit lazy. I'm like, I'm going to wait for it to come to me. But once it comes, I'm going to research. And so it's like, I, you know, they're, they're, they're two young girls who live, who, who live with me. I'm, and, and so they're like, you know, they are that Disney age. And so I look at, I would never watch, I, I would not look for Frozen 2 to watch for myself, but because it presented itself and because I understand the significance of Disney, it's like, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch this with open eyes. And the fact that it's so, it was such a blockbuster, um, like, yeah, you look at how they present, like it's fascinating, it's fascinating. Uh, I'll go one last thing with this, with, with this. It's fat, the story, um, the subtext, like if you could go and see, uh, I guess it's not even subtext, it's part of the main plot of the two, like, um, of, uh, it's a complex storyline because these girls are realizing that they come from two different lineages. So they are part of it. Like, you know, their DNA is connected to both, like, you know, the, the indigenous people and then like, you know, the colonizers as it's presented in this. And so there's a conflict, like, who am I? What am I? Who do Watch I support? Queen sounds like. Exactly. And then like the coming to uh, uh, what you, what you, what is told in the story is the, the spirit of the river doesn't give a fuck about the who was right or who was wrong. Hmm. It just wants them to stop fighting. Wow. And that's what it was, is like, guess what? You're both fighting right now. I don't care anymore. That's why I pulled away all my magic. That's what happens in it. And then like the girls discover who they are. And one of the girls like listens to the song of the river to me, like, I believe that is that is the gift of humanity, and we don't understand that is the power of song. Like we have it to an ex, to an extent. Like you know, I understand the importance of song, but I'm like I think that's still just scratching the surface, and we point to it. So that being said, that being said, within that movie, um, the 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 actual human being who sings the vo who sings the song of the river is a a a you know uh, a pop star i don't even know if you'd call her a pop star because i don't think she's particularly like mainstream popular her name is uh, aurora aurora and um i think she's probably best known for the song um which is uh called running with the wolves and it's based upon i don't know if you're familiar with with this book it's called the women who run with the wolves and it, I believe it was written by Starfeather, I think that's her name. And so Starfeather is really, really a, 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 an influential figure within the, um, like the women reclaiming like what it is to be a woman uh, right. um, movement. And, the, and her, so the book, the running with women who run with the wolves 
is a direct connection with the same idea, though the context could be slightly different, of the woman in the wilderness. It's mm -hmm. talking about that wild woman, like that mm -hmm. archetype of being a woman. And so my sense is, and the reason I'm laying all this out, is like it's very confusing. Like Frozen 2 points to like the fact that like you know we're kind of in a bind we're talking about the situation of like you know we got this and we got that and it's like you know this we've been born into like a a a, a, situ a double bind situations like well how do we and when i say we humanity get ourselves out of this and as you like to say like fucking ball you know how do we get out of the situation and, and and to me like that type of of the the rediscovery of this like kind of like for for a woman let's say like that type of wild woman archetype and then like in the, the equivalent of what it is for the man like you know and how that connects like to me that points to that understanding the natural world like in a way which is different than what we think even us who think they're like oh yeah i know it's more than that like i think we're just touching the surface like that to me is inspiring and that to me is like that's how you get out of it and that's kind of what frozen 2 is ultimately about is like is is like it's all trash it's all trash we got to go back to basics yeah i gotta watch it because even, <laughs> even uh the part you were saying where ultimately the whole problem was this one river being dammed up and what i've man what i've researched with what they call today the school kill was the maniac that dam that's at the by the philadelphia waterworks and philadelphia mm -hmm, Park. Mm -hmm. energetically that dam is uh creating the scarcity illusion completely you know the scarcity spell that everyone's under that you know is like lack and scarcity and and you know when you tie in all the abundance that it cut off that we uh shared in episode nine like reading about like why this was uh you know the where the queens met because it was this cornucopia of abundance and then you tie it into the reality that the Philadelphia Waterworks was the first utility. This was the first utility, the idea that you're going to take a natural resource that, you know, prior to the creation of this utility, uh, this resource was free and accessible to all without cost, you know, and now you're going to turn it into a utility where Right, it's a natural resource, but you got to pay for it. Yeah, that's the Philadelphia. That's the history of the Philadelphia water work. Yeah, you know? I mean, and and it's it's in a lot of ways. It's just it's it's that simple. Like that's where it begins. Something that was once free, like there was a lot of effort to create, like the building that that infrastructure, so then they can start to say like you got to pay, and then as right. soon as that began. Well, then the cycle of, well, now you need money to survive. 
And, and now I, we're like so many generations deep into it. Like it's beyond the mind, the, the mindset of so many people to think like you, that, that you have, yeah, of course you need money. You got to pay rent. You got to pay your mortgage. You got to pay for this. Like shit ain't free. And it's so deeply ingrained. And it's like, the, this, it, 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 no. And that's, I found it so freaking inspiring when you were, and we talked about that, like, you know, the, the, the abundance of what North America was. And I, I've talked to a lot of people uh, my friends like you know oft, oft, uh, after we had that conversation about like why did they write that the smell of North America was so like um, like so noteworthy that they put it down why didn't Europe smell like that why didn't why didn't the Mediterranean smell like that like what was different they didn't have factories back then it shouldn't have stunk like what did North America have what was that? And so thinking about this is truly that land of, of like abundance in the, in the greatest sort of way. Um, yeah, like that, that makes so much sense. Like I'm not telling people to go and undam all the rivers and destroy all the dams, but like, you know. <laughs> I would say if there's one to do, it would be that one right there. I would, I would agree with that. Because it's not even, uh, you know, it's not doing anything as far as like the infrastructure or you know it the 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 waterworks that it was built for was defunct long time ago it's just a, a artifact of a once active utility you know so we'll see man the other thing about schuylkill if i if i recall it's been a while since I, I did a whole bunch of research on the Schuylkill years ago. And so if I, if, if my memory is correct and uh, Schuylkill's a Dutch word and I believe it, it means hidden. Yes. So it's yes. like uh, hidden, esoteric, like all right. these implications. Absolutely and, right. And the Schuylkill's got a weird feel to it. Like it's oh, exactly. creepy. Well, we it call it the short kill. We don't call it the school kill. <laughs> sure. It is creepy as can be. And I know the Schuylkill, like not so much from where it meets in Philadelphia. Like I know it like a little bit further west, like in Redding and in right. these places. And it's just like Redding's a creepy ass place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, no offense, you Redding folks, but you know more than anyone else how creepy Redding is. And like, what is that river? And then like I, I did a whole thing, like this is like decade ago of where the Schuylkill meets the Delaware, like at that point where the where the uh, the spectrum was. Yes. And like the destruction of the spectrum and like what a spectrum referred to and spirit and like and all of that, that point of land, you know, and I and you're talking well, you about know, that. that's right off where the Philadelphia experiment occurred. Exactly. Like I've heard you mention that. I just didn't want to like say, oh yeah, I, I researched that too. But like, yeah, I looked at that. Like there's there's something with these namings and understand the Schuylkill is a big deal, in my opinion, in terms of like natural infrastructure, not like in terms of natural infrastructure, how we move from place to place, but in terms of understanding what you know land and water actually is. And yeah. this whole, you know, uh, uh, Jesse always likes to talk about this, like, you know, the, the Philadelphia, uh, the, the real Pennsylvania wilderness is between these two rivers, the Delaware and the, uh, or as you said it, the uh, Lenapehana and the Susquehanna, you know, right. and that's, and the Schuylkill cuts through them. It does. You're right. Interesting, man. 
Certainly. <laughs> well, look, I don't know how your time is, man. I know you uh, carved out a slice to seal this up. Uh, did you have any more you wanted to continue building on or? No, I think this, this is good. Like, I think we just dropped a whole bunch of stuff, which I know I want to reflect upon, but I want to come back to this. I'm, I'm glad that we've, that we've gone here because I think this is something to, to keep coming back to exactly. as, as a point of reference for like future investigations, like whether it's here within Pennsylvania, I love what we did with Hood Mystic and what we did in Boulder. I'd like to look at other places on the 40th, but coming back to like the queen, coming back to like chiefdoms, coming back to like all this sort of stuff and like, can, and baseball and baseball as well. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I wanted to mention the others I saw in the comments this brother, excuse me for not recalling your name, but you said you got some good information on Cincinnati. I saw some folks from Trenton saying they want to do like a mystic Trenton. So I wanted to put it out to the folk. Hey, you see what we do? We, uh, we go to Google Maps, take screenshots, you know, plot places out, take screenshots. We go to locations. We film, we research, pull to get, you know, we've set the, the template. So do something on your region, hit us up. Hell yeah. We'll, we'll have you on like with Hood Mystic. That, you know, that's, that's what we want to do is to decode the different regions we're in, you know? Uh, and, let, and let me say this one last thing. So I do, I, I do stuff like on my, on my own, like I got uh, my own little group and there's a guy who is down in DC and, he, uh, and after seeing, and I just know him through, through my group. And he said he saw the, the hood mystic episode, which we did. And his wife, her family is up in Ohio and they're coming, they're coming through uh, Columbus to go visit her. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go and check out all those sites. I'm like, well, let me put you guys together because I see that is as important. Like, like this is, this, this is the infrastructure. It's like each person where if anything, we're given inspiration. That would be my hope. It's not like we have the answers. Like, look, this is how you can go and look at your, your exactly. neck of the woods. And exactly. then when that happens, like the relationship and your understanding of where you are in space time. And I like to say timing and spacing because time and space don't exist but timing and spacing do mm. and then like it's it's changing the storyline yes yeah so yeah hey let's get to work all right all right all right y'all so uh give thanks thanks mike for your time man likewise uh i do affirm like i, I wanted to ground this it was so much going on in my mind. I, I felt we needed to process it and ground it so we can revisit it. Because I know the next time we come together, what we're going to be doing, man, it's going to, we're not going to be thinking about the new queen and this probably, but it's going to be connected to the fourth 40th parallel and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a whole nother rabbit hole. So before we go down that one, I wanted to seal this up, man. So I appreciate your time, you know? Thank you for making this happen. Yeah, man. One mystic to another, bro. Salute. Till next time. See you guys.